Are we on yet? Yeah, we're good. You guys you can say just R- chatting. You say R.I.P. or All Right Pete? <laughs> All Right Pete. Oh, okay. You transition to R.I.P., by the way. Hey, Andy, are oh. you in, why are you in your car right now? Because the kids are so loud inside. So this is my, this is my meeting area now. That's life, huh? Listen to this. Zakawani, the flying winger. Here's Brad Evans. It's Steve. It's Steve. Who is it? It's Brad Evans. <laughs> Happy days are here again. Turning with a drive. It's Steve Zakawani. Evans with the left foot. He's an attacking threat, Brad Evans. This is so weird. The party has started. Um, let, let's just jump straight into this one. Um, I think we've been off for a week now, but welcome to the podcast. Pete Fewing, Andy Rose, uh, Keely, as always. Zach Wani's, who knows, on, on vacation somewhere. I can do a British accent for you guys if we want. No. That was terrible. That was terrible. Just keep going. No, that was really, um, that was really bad. That was bad. Just Andy, moving I don't on. Want, we we only, want, only want to take like 20 minutes of your time, but um, I saw you on the bench last night talking tactics. Um, but first, I want to get into the road back to Seattle. Um, you know, I think everyone is obviously stoked that you're back. But um, talk about what it took to get back to the club and kind of, um, you know, wh- where where we see you right now. Yeah, I mean, I'm just so excited to, to be back. And I mean, something I've always said about the Sounders uh, ever since I left at the end of 2015 has just been, what a special club it is. And, and a lot of that is because of the continuity and so many of the same people are here and so many people behind the scenes who uh, were here, you know, during my playing days. And now I get to work with uh, as co-workers is, um, is incredible. It's something that's pretty, pretty rare uh, from what I've seen, you know, playing at different clubs around the world and um, always had an eye, like we've talked about, you know, obviously you and I have, have stayed in touch the last few years and um if an opportunity ever presents itself to come back, then I would have always been, you know, really excited about that. And so um, these, you know, I prepared myself um, at least to hopefully get an opportunity in the coaching world at this point uh, by taking my UEFA licenses when I went over to, to play in the UK. Um, I was really happy in Vancouver and, and playing well, felt like I had a good season last year. Um but when this opportunity popped up and, and obviously Jimmy and, and Gonzo left midway through last year, I was uh, the Sounders got in touch with the Whitecaps to, to see if I could interview for the role. And, and you know, there's uh, 30 spots on the playing roster and only four or five coaches. And, you know, I was fully aware that um, these opportunities don't come up every every year. And so when they do, uh, I just felt like, this one was was way too good to pass up on for for what I want to do next with my life. Um, I don't think I would have jumped at just any opportunity. Like I said, you know, playing football is is the is the the best thing in the game, and, and being a player, I, you know, I loved my playing career. Um, if it was any other team, I think I would have continued to try and play for another couple of seasons. But the fact that it was Seattle coming back to live here and and working for this organization was um, was way too good to pass up on. I think, um, you know, last night uh, was just a fantastic performance. So, so for both of you, obviously, what it, what it means from the coaching side now, Andy, and uh, obviously, Pete, you've seen some 
massive moments uh, for this club. Talk about what last night means uh, in terms of significance um, and maybe even where you rank it as, um, you know, we haven't won a championship yet, but just, you know, making the championship now uh, in yet another tournament, where that lies with you. Well, uh, first, uh, I remember uh, Andy worked our camp when he was a student at UCLA. Brian said years ago, hey, Gonzo Pineda is going to be a great coach. Keep an eye on him. And he said the same about Andy Rose. So it's tremendous that you're back. And Brad, when, when you had injuries or uh, weren't, were, you know, suspended or something, when you're in the press box, you were doing the same thing. You always wanted to know about college soccer. And, and, uh, and so, I, I'm, Brad, I'm looking forward to you joining the coaching ranks at some point. But the team's lucky really lucky to have Andy Rose with them. Um, the connection with the players have been at training and all the little things. We've got a guy that's with Seattle that uh, was with us last year, Hal Uteritz, and he loves you, Andy. And he's, he's like, I can't get uh, enough information from him. He goes, I don't want to bug him too much. So as far as last night, um, after the win, they were playing the Sounder theme song. And fellas, I've been, and, and uh, Keely, I've been with, the, I've been a Sounder fan since, since the first year we, Somewhere there's a season ticket receipt in the front office that Maya uh, took from me. It was my parents' season ticket receipt. But when I heard the music, the dun 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 dun, dun, dun that always gives me kind of gets me kind of fired up. When I when we knew we were going through to the final, this is another notch in the Sounders' history since '74, and there's been so many good ones, you know. Uh, but this one is a big one. I was just in England for two weeks. And I was sitting on a train station in Bath and they were filming something and I'm by myself and I walk over and I say, uh, I said, what are you guys filming? And it's the Bath Football Club, which one of the people on the film crew said they're rubbish. But um, but but they when I said, hey, I'm from Seattle, uh, they said Sounders. And I thought, here we are in this small town in England, city of Bath. And they knew about the Sounders. I went to Bournemouth's training a couple of days later. And I met Bob, the security guy, because I was looking over the fence. Uh, I didn't have access. I was actually filming through the fence. And uh, fortunately, Bob didn't see that. But he said, hey, where are you guys at? And I said, well, we're in CONCACAF right now. And he said, who are your big players? And I said, Rui Diaz and, and uh, Nico Ladero. And he goes, oh, man, those guys are great. So nice to see that people in other countries know a little bit about this team. Um, but this, to me, will add to that to, you know, whenever I talk about Jimmy Traore, I just say, hey, he played seven years for Liverpool. He's got a Champions League medal. So that, you know, now to, to be able to win one of those, we've all seen the trophy case. You two have done your part to fill that trophy case with the four U.S. Open Cups, the Supporters' Shield, the Cascadia Cup, and then, of course, the two MLS Cups. This would be another fantastic thing when they were, when they had the opening for the new facility uh, at Long Acres, seeing all those trophies to add this to that case will be phenomenal. Now to you, Andy Rose. <laughs> How do I follow that, Pete? I mean, <laughs> uh, the, the biggest takeaway I would just say is, is the word expectation because, you know, obviously I was fortunate to, to be part, you know, of, of the club as a player for four years and certainly – 2014 Brad you remember we had an incredible team one of the best groups I've been a part of as a player and we won the supporter shield that year in the open cup and had the potential for sure to to go on and win MLS cup and I think we all probably felt like we, we missed an opportunity there and and what I felt last night what I felt with the guys in Leon it was was just this 
this feeling of expectation. Like these guys have been to a lot of finals in the last few years and, and with the core nucleus having stayed together, you know, Christian, Jordan, Alex, now certainly part of that. Steph, what game he had last night. Uh, Raul, Nico. Um, they, it, it wasn't like this crazy party atmosphere after the game because that group firmly believe and, and expect to play big games and when you have players with that experience they're able to to find a way through moments like uh we faced in the second half yesterday and, and look we played against a very good new york city side i think everyone would agree tacking wise they had some tremendous players and and gave us um you know, some headaches in the second half here. I, I think overall, over the course of two legs, we probably edged it uh, in three of the halves. And then, you know, the second half, obviously, they're chasing the game and throwing everything at us and had some really good performances. I think number eight, Tiago, you know, when he moved on to the left side in the second half, really made a huge difference for them. And and the young Brazilian they have, Talis Magno. I mean, that was a, that was a really tough game. Um, physical, intense. And to see our guys come through it and then have that air of, okay, this, you know, the job's not done. We've got a massive final now to prepare for. This is uh, where we expect to be for me was, um, was awesome. That was just such a cool feeling. And, and I think it shows where the club has, has gone and, you know, Brad, you, you were obviously, you've been a massive part of the club and, and, and what you gave as a player and, guys like Chad and Oba and Clint and and what that group was able to do and then obviously breaking through and winning the first MLS Cup and kind of elevating the club to the next level uh, that's the opportunity that's in front of this group now so for me to be on the other side of it and to just be able to to help them in, in any way I can and um, you know offer any little bits of expertise, especially, you know, I've been so proud of Jackson Reagan coming in and performing at the level he has um, from the first week of preseason. I saw a really special player there and, um, you know, taking a, a different route. You know, we've got two, two young players who have probably made a bit of a splash between him and Obed Vargas so far this season and, and two completely different routes to get to where they are. And, uh, you know, again, I thought Jackson had a, a really strong game didn't look out of place for a player playing in a Champions League um, semi-final, you know, at this point in his career. And so for all the players, you know, for me to be able to work with this group is uh, is very special. I'm excited to see where we can take it this year. Would, would you say that your role with the team is, and you've talked about the young players quite a bit, is that most of your day-to-day -day interaction, you would say, or are you still in the mix with, you know, the, the veteran starters and kind of, you're, you're younger than a lot of those guys, right? So imparting that knowledge of what, you know, you've been able to do in your career at multiple different clubs. Do you see yourselves as kind of a, a conduit between the young guys and the coaches or, you know, a, a little bit of everything right now? Yeah, you know, when I came in, I didn't quite know what to expect. I, I to be honest with you, I thought I would be probably more working with young guys. I knew we had such an exciting academy and obviously the club has spent a lot of money and, and putting that in place and you know it's it's really grown so much the last five six years a lot of good young players have come through and are now part of the first team you know josh i've played against a lot of them danny Lever. i was on the field a couple of years ago and danny Lever scored that disallowed goal from like uh, 45 yards out or whatever and knew straight away this was a real talent and josh atencio obviously played against him a couple of times last season 
excellent player. Um, so that was kind of probably where my mind was at in the beginning. And then, you know, Brian has just opened up everything to me and it's a real round table. Everything's a discussion. I've learned so much already from him, from Preki. Freddie and I have developed a great relationship and, and spend a lot of time discussing training sessions and planning different things and bringing different ideas to the table. Um, Tommy, obviously, I, I knew from my timer as a player, but so impressed with his knowledge and, and the discussions we have as a staff. You know, those are some of my favorite, favorite moments. They're things I look forward to every single day coming in from training and we just sit down for an hour and discuss you know, the most minute of details from, from the session and then looking forward and, and especially, you know, with, with so many games being packed into to our schedule at this point in the season with, with, you know, the inclusion of the champions league, we've, there's just been so much to, to discuss and, and figure out lineup wise. And, and then, you know, you, you bring in Albert, who's an unbelievable footballer and played against him a lot of times in my career and knew the talent he had and, kind of shifting his position um, was a big talking point amongst the coaching staff and where he would fit into the whole puzzle. And we feel as a group really strongly about his performances so far this season and, and, and sitting in there, in there next to Jao Paolo and, and what that can bring us um, in possession and, and how well he's done in transition for us and his forward passes, the, the spots, the kind of pause he gives the team. So I guess to, you know, to, to answer your question in the most simple way, I, um, I feel like I've been involved in everything and, and that's great. And, and then, to, you know, I've ha played with Christian, played with Steph, played with Kellen in college, you know, played against Will a bunch of times, played with Freddie in a different, you know, a couple of different spots in my career. Um, so to, for them to be able to sort of trust me and, and use me as a bridge to the coaching staff, if there's things that they, you know, want to talk about from training or from games, things they liked, things they didn't like tactically, whatever. I feel like I can go and, and use my relationship to have real conversations with them. And, and for all these guys, you know, what I've learned so far as a coach in my short time here is you have to build relationships with them all as, as individuals, as people, make sure they understand that you care about them as people first and, and, and make sure they know that you're there to, to help them in any way you possibly can. It's a really selfless role um and those are the bits i've loved so far so mm -hmm. um yeah i suppose um a little bit of everything and, and i'm really enjoying that part I can't believe uh, we have another ucla bruin you guys i went to usc and this is just like ridiculous like gosh dang. darn it man you have a men's Fight soccer on. team what do you want what do you want to do? yeah exactly have that 50 billion dollar <laughs> endowment give some money to the soccer program there you know what it all went to the film school which is where i went so there, there you, you go, go. Um, uh, the club has, you know, arguably maybe the biggest match in its in its history. Uh, when you talk about the world stage for this club is April 27th. First leg in 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 Mexico. Uh, second leg back here on May 4th. Pete, um, talk about just, you know, what this team has to do to, to beat, uh, you know, a Mexican side that historically is, is really good. But in the table right now, you know, they sit you know, mid, mid bottom right now. Um, you know, but th there's only a couple points that separate them with, with the rest of the table. And I don't think we can get hung up on, on where they're at in the table. Cause they focus a lot right. on champions league as well, but what this team needs to do to beat a team um, or at least get a result on the road. And then Andy, it'll lead and segue into you of what, you know, the tactics have been talked about already uh, with, within the club. Yeah. Seattle's been since you started Brad 2009 has always been a very good team on the road. Don't change the tactics. 
too terribly much. I don't see Brian parking the bus. Andy would know better on that, but you are correct. If they can go get a, if you can get a, a, a zero, zero draw uh, in Mexico, that is fantastic. And I'm going to ask the two of you in a second about you. You've done this now a number of times. I think it, you know, Mike Krzyzewski, it took him 10 years and John Wooden at UCLA 10 to 12 years to win an uh, NCAA championship. You, it takes time to build a culture. It takes time going to these countries where you are not welcome, uh, where you are public enemy number one, and you have to get used to that and be able to deflect it and not think about it. Yeah. I mean, you know, each of these games has been so situational and, and obviously our result against Leon in the first leg kind of meant um, we went into the second leg with a, maybe a slightly different um, state of mind of how we were going to approach that. And we did end up dropping a little bit too low um, and taking a lot of crosses, conceding opportunities. Um, certainly that's, you know, going away in the first leg. That's not what we would like to like to look like. What, what we saw watching the Pumas Cruz Azul tie was an incredibly passionate team. Um, you know, the last 10 minutes of, of that game the other night, you know, it was nil nil, but a really exciting nil nil was just as thrilling as the last 10 minutes of our game. I mean, it was, it was, um, it was intense. It was passionate. It was, you know, they're a good team. I know obviously their league form maybe hasn't been, been top of the, you know, near the top of the league, but um, it's, it's a really good team, a team we have to respect a lot. They've got some really dynamic, powerful attackers a number nine who scored a lot of goals. Um, and I think what we've seen f from our team and, you know, for me playing against the Sounders last season, last couple of years and, seeing just how clinical the team has been in transition moments, um, how when teams playing against us can have a little bit of possession and open up a little bit and, and the spaces then we can really exploit with Jordan, with Christian. Christian has been incredibly dynamic in, you know, attacking that, that right, right channel so far this season. So um, we, we invite that because it creates space for us to, to really exploit. And then, you know, now what we've really become and, and are becoming in this four, two, three, one with a midfield three of Albert JP and, uh, and Nico, you know, what Jackson brings us at the back and, and Alex and knew and Harvey in terms of finding windows and playing from the back and being comfortable in possession of the ball. I think we've made great strides in that as a group in the last few weeks. So certainly we want to go there focusing on, on our strengths and continuing to, to find ways to become even better. Um, and then it's, it's situational. So going on the road, we understand what the fans are going to be like there, what kind of environment it's going to be. We've played against Leon. So we, we, we've seen that we've been down to Mexico already this season. And, uh, and this group is just between Raul, Nico, all the experience this group has. Um, I don't think any of that is going to really, you know, really be an issue for our guys. Um, and, and look, if we can go there and, and score, then we put so much pressure on them. So I think we're going to go in with our same mindset of, of continuing to try and to build what we're all about, what we want to be all about, um, and hopefully set ourselves up for, for what could be an incredible opportunity at home. Do you guys worry about the, the, the uh, 
the intensity of the fouls and all that kind of stuff. If Seattle scores a goal, is it going to turn into a pretty brutal game or what do you think? No, I, th- I think, you know, you, you, you have expectations as a club and as a team, but you never know what you're getting into until you get there and the whistle blows, right? You don't know which Mexican side you get until the 70th minute, really. I mean, they'll, they'll you know, tactically, they, they know what they're doing. We have not been in this situation that often, but most of these teams that we're facing have been in high-pressure situations um, quite a bit, right? It seems to be that the, the, the Mexican teams over the past 20 years have been pretty consistent with the ones that are making, you know, finals and semifinals. So I think they have expectations too, um, you know, and I think that we're just a little bit younger in that, you know, want and need for, for what we can capture, but that's what makes it exciting. And if there was ever a group, I think we have enough guys that have, have experience now in, you know, losing big games, right? Last year um, could have been a big step for the club as well. And I think that that will resonate with the group moving into this game. Like, Hey, we're moving around games to, to fit this so that we can have as much rest as possible. Um, and we're throwing all of our eggs in this basket. And that should be the focus, um, especially with two games coming up. That, that's the biggest battle. Do you sacrifice mid-table for a Champions League win and not make the playoffs? Like those are probably some of the things that you you kind of are in the back of the head in the coach's office. So, you know, that's that's probably the toughest part. Um, but I think if we're healthy and we keep it to zero, as close to zero as possible, the lower bowl, I think, is now sold out for the game. And they just opened up 300 level for the home match. And so that tells you how much this is going to mean to this club to, like Andy said, to, to be able to do it at home, just like uh, MLS cup, you just have to keep it close. You just have to keep it close. I mean, zero, zero, one, zero, two, one. These are all good results away from home because you know, you can bang, bang a few home uh, in, in Seattle, especially if the crowd comes out and it's a massive crowd that could be, that could be massive. I have a question for all of you guys. What advice would you give the guys in terms of the mental aspect of going down and playing a CCL game? Just because I remember when I used to cover the NFL, everyone would talk about how going to the Super Bowl, it wasn't necessarily the game that was so different. It was everything around it. And I'm just curious, sort of what advice do you give the guys and sort of what experiences have you guys had sort of just being taken into a totally different environment and how do you prepare for that mentally? I think the the word that comes to mind um, that Brian uses a lot with our group is tempo. And in these games, they're different for sure. Um, like Brad said, these these teams just have a real understanding of these moments and the pressure that these moments bring. And and uh, they they're clever. You know, they take the sting out of the game at the right times. They waste time a lot, you know, when it goes in their favor. They have a good way of speeding things up when they need to. Um, I think actually last night I was impressed with uh, NYCFC's ability to do that um, in the second half in particular. So I think we've we've seen that. We've, you, you, you inevitably have to weather storms because when you play at this level and at this stage of any competition in world football, you're going to be playing against a very good team. So you have to understand that not everything is going to go your way. Um, So managing the emotion of that and then managing that finding ways to manage the tempo. And I think we have, especially in the middle of midfield, some really intelligent footballers that um, just can dictate that for us. Um, and so, and then to enjoy it because 
not every footballer gets to play, gets to be part of games like this and gets to challenge for titles. And, and this club has, since its beginning, has, has tried to do things differently and, and been a leader in MLS and, and be the first to do things. So to be able to compete for, for this honour is something that, um, yeah, of course, there's pressure attached to it, but you have to enjoy it because to be part of that is, is pretty special. There's nothing you can do to prepare for, you know, you have to go through the experiences to be battle tested. You can't just tell someone, don't be afraid. You got to do it. Uh, And you can have one or two guys, you know, like Jackson, who seems to, you know, he seems to be an enforcer already and and not afraid of the challenge, which is awesome. Right. Some guys aren't ready for that. So you have to experience it. And, you know, 13 years in now, you would hope that this club has had enough experiences winning in Monterey, you know, some big results against Mexican teams, whether home or away. Um, Those are all things that you put in the bag and and use later on and say, okay, well, this is what we've done before. This isn't necessarily new to us. So that's all that you have to put in the back of your mind. Um, And with veteran savvy players, I mean, all all the better, right? Moving moving forward. I want to get Andy out of here. Pete, you and I will uh, continue, but best player on this Sounders team. (laughs) That's not a controversial question at all. Wow. Not going to get him in trouble at all. Wow. Yeah, Andy, Andy, Uh, come on. (laughs) That's a really hard question. I mean, I've been, look, I've played against, I think, Bar Obed. um, I would have played against all of these guys. Um, Had to mark Raul a couple of times, which was no fun. Glad I don't have to do that anymore. What I said to him after the game was, he's an assassin. You know what I mean? He gets one opportunity and there's very few strikers in this league that you would trust to score. I mean, the technique on that goal was incredible. And, um, he's, he, maybe he doesn't even get all the credit he deserves for how intelligent a footballer he is when he drops into soft spots and picks up the ball. Very rarely does he make a bad decision. Um, and he's selfless in those moments um he makes runs for others he, he opens up space he's really he's, he's really an intelligent footballer and, and a player who can play at, at any level um obviously played against Nico a, a lot of times and his energy and his enthusiasm is just something that is so contagious for the guys and so important he just always gives you gives you a reason to believe even in the toughest moments and I think yesterday was the first 90 minutes he's played in a while and you know, there were talks, you know, on the bench about, okay, what do we do? And we were under the, under the cosh a little bit for the last 10 minutes, you know, who can we bring in? Do we make two changes? You know, we only had one opportunity left and his energy was still just incredible. He made it, he made a great tackle, I think in like the 89th and 90th minute and just his willingness to, to run for the team, to make plays, to always take the ball in, in difficult moments is something that, um, is something that, every player wants to play with a guy like that just makes everyone else's job a little bit easier. Um, Jao Paulo just brains of the operation almost, you know, he, he between him and Albert have really combined nicely in there. The amount of times they just find each other with three or four yard passes to get themselves out of trouble or just bounce it to one another and, and then find a third man. Um, they're just on a, a different wavelength, you know, together they're they're pretty special. Some of the combination play and, um, as they continue to grow together, I'm really excited about that partnership. Um, 
again, great energy, ability to just change the tempo, ability to calm things down for everyone. The type of player that when he's on the pitch, um, again, I think he just gives everyone else an extra little bit of confidence. Um, Christian, my, I mean, I could get literally go through everyone and just list so many good attributes. Make your decision. We don't have enough time. <laughs> I was just going to say, this is a great non-answer. It's a yeah. great non-answer. <laughs> Like go to the locker just, room tomorrow. Just compliment everyone. Just, just say Raul. <laughs> yeah, I probably have to go Raul, but I have to give I have to give Christian and Jordan some credit because I think Jordan's really coming into his own confidence wise after missing a whole season. And I mean, Brad, I know you you dealt with injuries. I dealt with a couple, but nothing like he's had to deal with. And um, his goal in the first leg, I mean, just seeing. Uh, what it means to him and, and the runs he's made, how powerful he is, what an exciting year he's got ahead of him for both him and Christian. You know, I hope they're both on that plane to Qatar. And um, one one player I do want to make sure I mention as well, I will say Raul has to be number one, but one player I want to mention because I didn't quite understand how good a footballer he was is, uh, is Alex Roldan. And, you know, obviously playing wingback last year and, and it's a slightly different role to fullback. Um, but wow, I mean, one-on-one defensively, he's been so good for us. In possession, he's so calm. I know, Pete, you obviously know him better than any of us. Um, but I've just been so impressed with him, his, his training habits the last month or so. Um, I mean, and what he, what him and Christian together give us on that right side is so different than, than anything I've, I've really seen. And, and to be able to be part of that and, and talk to them about different ideas on that side and um, how you incorporate Nico when he comes close. And I think I thought some of the combination play, especially in that first leg against New York down that side was, was unbelievable was, was some of the best I've seen. So um, got to give credit to so many of these players. It's, it's, it's unbelievable for me to be able to, at this stage in my coaching career so early to be able to coach these guys and talk to them about their games is, um, you know, it makes my job easy. I, I absolutely love it. I'm learning, learning from them all every day, but if you need one name, um, yeah, I guess for, for that goal last night, sort of out of nothing to be able to do that is is just so special. So I'll, I'll give it to Raul. Oh, good answer. <laughs> Very diplomatic. Long minutes to get to Raul. That's how tough it is, I guess, though. Uh, Andy, thanks. Good luck. Um, make sure the tactics are right. All right, guys. Thanks so much for having me on. I appreciate it. All right, guys. Uh, thank you to Andy Rose, obviously, a, you know, a club legend in, in my eyes. Um, and we talk about this all the time in, in guys that actually play for the badge. Um, and that's one of them that truly plays, uh, played for the badge and obviously is continuing to coach for this uh, Sounders club. I, th- I think we've had, you know, really good players in the past, but they necessarily haven't played for the badge. And sometimes that can set you apart. And I think his sentiments on on the guys that are, Maybe there's been better players at the club in the past, but they don't play for the badge and, and you don't win trophies if you don't do that. Uh, so thanks, Andy, for the, for the insight and, and good luck to him as he moves on. Let's let's get into some questions. Uh, Keely, what do you got for us? All right. I've got some questions from fans. Our first one is from Gritty City Sounder, and he wants to hear Pete's lineup for Miami. 
And he predicts that there will be a lot of Tacoma Defiance players on that lineup on Saturday. Uh, what, what is your lineup that you predict? Just a couple guys, maybe Pete, putting you right on the spot. Yeah, no, that's fine. I, I wrote it down a little. I thought about that question. Uh, you know, I saw it on Twitter. And so I'm looking at what I wrote. My down. God, our so, guest does his homework. This is wow. amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, pro. so <laughs> I, I think, you know, you look, Seattle's got one game in hand, right? They played five games in the MLS. Most teams have played uh, six. Do I have that right? Yeah, Seattle's played five. Most have played six. RSL, Portland, um, and Kansas City have played seven. I think they can still get the win. I think Brian Schmetzer's mentality. So this is what I've come up with. Uh, Friangle, genius. Uh, row on the uh, row uh, for New Who. Ariaga and Reagan, I think, can still go. Alex on the right. And then I could see J.L. Paulo and Vargas. I could see Albert Rusnick going in for Nico. So Nico out. I could see Bruin or Montero. Montero hasn't played that much. Uh, and he's hot. I mean, he scored some good goals. So I could see Freddie or Will up for Rui Diaz. Christian can't take him off the field. Uh, and I could see um, uh, Madronda in for Jordan Morris. Then you've got Morris on the bench. you got Rui Diaz on the bench. you got Nico on the bench. I think, you know, now I think Brian wants their, their uh, in 11th place right now in, in uh, the table. So, but again, one game in hand, I think they can get three points. We're talking about a team, by the way, Miami, that scored six goals and it's Iguain's got two and Campana's got four. So they got two goal scorers. They've given up 15. They've given up two and a half goals a game. Now they had a good win had a very good win against new England, which is great. Right. It's a new England supporter shield last year winners. So, um, but, but they've given up 15 goals. So I think this is still a winnable game, not a throwaway game. I don't see a lot of defiance guys uh, coming in. They want to keep Will Bruin sharp. They want to keep Freddie Montero sharp. Jimmy Madronda. So I think they, those are guys that, and Vargas, I think could do the job and he could save Nico. So that's my lineup at this moment. And I'll, I'll send it to coach Schmetzer. How about that? <laughs> that sounds great. I'm sure he'll listen. Yeah. I, I think you might, I think you might, <laughs> see, no I think you might see a couple of youngsters step in. I, I don't know if you, if Jao Paulo plays this game, I think you rest him for this one and put in a Tennessee sure. and, and maybe Obed. Um, I'm not sure. I think you mix it up quite a bit for this game. But you got to keep the spine, you know, pretty strong and still have some, um, you know, some, some power on your bench, I guess. But you're playing, you know, DeAndre's homecoming, right? Motivating factor. Chris Henderson coming back home. I'm sure he'll be here for the game. Uh, and then Damian Lowe, obviously, former sounder. That's, you know, one of their starting center backs. So Schmetzer's chance to coach against a former, you know, Man United legend. Pretty, pretty awesome occasion. Um I think it sets itself up to be, you know, probably a more competitive match than it should be uh, on, on paper, realistically. If, if the Sounders are at full strength, you won't see a full strength team listed, but it's a game the Sounders should win. You're playing at home against a lowly inner Miami team. But like you said, coming off a, a big victory and a big morale boost at home uh, a couple of days ago. So I think still a lot of work for, for the Sounders to do with a couple motivating factors for that side. Um I don't think you'll see too much. I don't know. I don't think Iguain will play. I think they'll stick with the same lineup pretty much. Um, if he's still, I don't know if he's injured or suspended or what the deal is with him, but um, yeah, it, it lends itself to be probably a, a pretty good, a pretty good night uh, in terms of competitiveness. Um, but I still see the Sounders coming out of this one with a victory. 
yeah you never want to look past a game like you never want to do that because then as soon as you look past it that team just comes in and is like and just takes advantage of it but yeah i mean mean, one four and one last in the east like pete said 15 goals against which is tied for last with san jose and montreal only scored six goals three of them from one guy against new england yeah and you never know know. you know i think Jovan Jones is still technically on the team, but who really knows? And you know, I, I don't know too much about their team. I don't think anyone he's, does. He's yet to get an appearance, Jovan. Yeah, so. they've yeah. had quite a bit of quite a bit of turnover, so he might be bought out by now. Uh, who knows? So yeah, as yeah, a franchise, a they're still figuring face. it out. Yeah, they're still figuring it out as a franchise yeah. for sure. I mean, they're still being punished for those 2020 mistakes. You know, right. signing an extra DP, and he's. Not yeah, they basically signed a bunch of guys into a long-term contracts, and they couldn't get out of it. So they're dealing with the consequences yeah. of their of their actions still. Um, so they're going to have to piece together some some victories. They'll play super defensive, um, but coming into the Sounders on a Saturday night when the weather's perfect, that's a tough team to beat uh, for yeah. this Sounders side. Um, question. Next question. Yes, next question. This is from Kenny Sloth two five three. Best locker room pranks you both have experienced. Oh man. I mean, I I, I remember, I mean, <laughs> Chad would wear Stefan Fry's clothes. Anytime Steph wore one of his like super tight fitting outfits, Chad would put on his jeans and basically rip an extra hole in them and wear Steph's clothes around. And you don't understand how big Chad is until he puts on Stefan Fry's clothes and it looks like a doll is wearing like the two times smaller clothes than it should. Um, Chad's just a big dude. And he would just walk around and go up to lunch wearing Steph's, Steph's clothes. And it was hilarious. I, I got another one in, I mean, in LA, we were taking a shower And I remember washing my hair and it was with the national team and Chad went down and pushed off the side of the shower and slid all the way across. And I like had my eyes closed, smashed into me, smashed my ankle on the ground, just naked bodies flying everywhere in the shower. And it was the first time it was a young group and mostly horrified faces, except Jordan was in the room and Jordan's seen all that stuff like a million times. And so once he started laughing, it was, uh, it was fair game. You basically did like a Tom Cruise across the shower, like. Yeah, butt naked. I mean, Brad, the locker room to me is a sacred <laughs> place. It's a church. It's, uh, um, it is such, it gives me goosebumps. We're all lucky when we get to be in a locker mm-hmm. room. So, and, and the antics of Brad and Chad Marshall, I, I've only been in that locker room. I, I feel like it's not my place to go in. I've only been in a couple of times, but those two, um, the rumor is there was rarely any clothing on, um, with Chad Marshall and right. Brad. So sorry to throw you under the bus too, Brad. No, it's great. This just went a direction I did not think it was going to go in, but yeah. great. How yeah, warm in my house all of a sudden, I can tell you that. Lack of clothing is team bonding. Evidently yeah. so. I got one more question for you guys. Um, okay. And this is actually, this is for both of you. Cause Brad, you're doing, you've, you've started to dip your toes into coaching. Mm-hmm. Uh, differences in preparing for games as a player, coach, and broadcaster. What is the difference in your preparation? And this question is from JP, one of our regular question givers. Yeah. I mean, as a player, you're just, you don't want to do anything during the day or the night before that could take away from, you know, the task that's coming up. So you really are, ultimately, you're isolating yourself. At least that's what I did. 
um, staying off your feet, you know, sticking to, you know, somewhat of a, of a routine. You don't want to just be a sloth for two days and then hope to get hyped up at the snap of a finger for a game. So there's some, some rhythm to it and getting prepped for a game and, and staying on as a coach. Now I, I actually find joy in just hanging out and going about my day and then being able to turn it on, um, as a coach. I mean, it's high school soccer, so it's not too much preparation. It's more, um, small adjustments during the game than, you know, these like no tactical mental warfare going on. Um, as a broadcaster, I mean, that's the easiest part is talking about the game. That's the easiest of all three. I think, um, you know, you, you say what you see and, um, they're, for me, there's no preparation stepping into a pre halftime or post game because when the team's winning, you talk about things are doing well and you also have to talk about what they can do better. And then when they're losing, you, you know, you talk about what they've done well also, but what they need to fix. So that's probably the easiest one of the three for me uh, is, is the commenting or, or broadcasting. It's been a long time since my playing days, uh, but just the energy on game day, always wanting to take a nap um, and the excitement of getting to play. And I played sort of in that window with FC Seattle, the Sounders folded. We came back. I was there six years. It was very fun. It was the highest level in the country. Uh, but it wasn't like it is today, not on paycheck, not on crowds, not on anything, but it was really fun. And the excitement as a player to, uh, to have to prepare for something so meaningful that you got to take a nap, you got to eat the right things, you got to be quiet, as Brad said, you got to get your rest. Uh, that was really, really fun. I enjoyed that. As a coach, I'm constantly writing notes on little things to tell players, just little hints about, hey, do this, or you know, we scout our opponents. So this guy does this, we've got to watch this, you know? Um, so it's the little, and then it's sometimes it's, I trust my instincts. Now I've been coaching at CLU for 28 years. Uh, so I trust my instincts. There's certain themes all that will come to me, whether it's hey, we're going to be one and two touch. We're going to change a point of attack. We're going to press the first five minutes. So um, those are discussions we have with the other coaches. But when I get in front of the, in front of the team and, and, uh, and, and also talking about what the game means, right? We just played Washington in a spring game. And the week before that, we played Gonzaga. And, uh, and we're here we're playing Washington. And, and they were in the final last year. We lost to them in the regular season, two to one. They hit the post twice. We hit the post once. It was a close game. And, uh, and so, you know, what does that game mean? Yeah, it's a spring game. It's not a spring game. It's, it's a rivalry game. And, uh, um, we did end up winning two to one and it was great when we played Gonzaga in the big picture, you know, we have been a top 25 this past year, 30. So top 30 program last six years, Gonzaga hasn't gotten there. So we got to keep them down. So thinking about the themes of the game, thinking about the individual pieces, um, and, and what each player needs and thinking about some of the substitutions, how we're going to, rotate guys. Uh, when we play Gonzaga, we play a lot more guys. When we played Washington, we only use two subs. Um, what I, I tell this to a lot of people, we don't, I don't travel uh, with the Sounders uh, because we, we um, now are this simulcast, right? Where we are, um, what is on, what you see on TV with Brad, um, Casey, Keith, uh, Steve, Marcus, and James, that gets onto the radio. So I, but I used to travel with the team. And I loved it. Uh, Brian and I are close. And I enjoyed traveling a lot. Here's what I tell everybody with um, Seattle U. When I go on the road, I'm, I'm a farmer. I'm in charge of the harvest, planting, 
fixing the machinery, milking the cows, um, paying the bills, all that stuff. I got to make sure we're, it's, uh, you know, you're working a lot and it's fun. It's great fun. Traveling is great fun with the college team. Um, when I'm with the Sounders, I'm a cow. I've, I follow the guy in front of me. <laughs> and, and like Brad said, you know, we prep for our opponent and we prep for pregame. Um, but he's right. Once, once we watch the 45 minutes and we make our assessments there and then make our assessments for post game and try to think a little bit about the next opponent for the post game conversation. So you guys are both great broadcasters. And I will say this, I know you guys both said it's easy. It is not an easy thing to do for a lot of people and you guys are great and pros at it and segue, make sure to tune in on Saturday on FS one will not be our crew, but we'll be a great crew on FS one for TV. We'll be on radio. Pete viewing will be on free half and post for that one along with me. It'll be great. It's going to be so much fun. And make sure to check us out on 950KJR. It's going to be great. Uh, Pete, thanks for joining us. Um, Steve might be back next week, but maybe it's you and I again. We'll see. He'll be back. I'd love it. Thanks for having me on, Brad. Thank and my terrible you. British accent will never make a return to this. I am sorry right. about that. Uh, we'll talk to you guys next week. Enjoy the game this weekend. Make sure to get your questions in and subscribe uh, where and when possible.